Welcome to today's podcast by Preacher, as he provides sound teaching on the pure and undiluted truth of God's Word, with life application that inspires you to live a holy life pleasing to God. We pray that these teachings will inspire you to live out your faith daily with confidence, be assured of your salvation in Christ, and God's unconditional love for you. will be taken from the book of Acts, 26th chapter, and beginning with the 12th verse. The Apostle Paul is standing before King Agrippa, and he's given his testimony, and it so reads. He says, Thus I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priest. And at midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It hurts you to kick against the goats. And I said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. To appoint you to serve and bear witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles to whom I send you, to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Lord, help us to understand what we're talking about when we talk about the light from heaven. And if you would turn in your Bible to the book of John, the uh, the first chapter, and along about the fourth verse, you would find the, the beloved disciple saying, And the light that shines, the light that shines in darkness, and the darkness cannot uh, overcome it. Now, it's in the bulletin, an act from heaven, but my diction sometimes is not too good to Miss Sue. It's not her fault, but that should be a light from heaven. But it is also an act from heaven, is it not? We celebrate one of the greatest Christian holy days, and we do it today with with lights. And I am sure that many of you feel the way that I do at this time of the year. You like to drive around and... And notice the homes of those people who have decorated their yards and their house with light and how beautiful it is. And, and we, uh, we appreciate it. We, we live in a day when man is making more of light than ever in the history of man, of course. His technology has been able to turn the nightness into daytime and even brighter than the daytime if he chooses to do so. And yet within that is sort of a paradox because even though he is able to have a light that he has never had before, yet within the citadel of his heart and his soul, the great multitude still walk in darkness. In all probability, percentage-wise, there are more people living in the darkness of the world and the United States than have ever lived there before. There are, in all probability, percentage-wise, more unsaved people today in the United States than it has ever been. 
And isn't that something in a day when we like to think of ourselves as being in an enlightened age? But that is not always so. Not too long ago, I was talking to a couple that uh, from out in the state that uh, dropped by to say hi to me. They were in town. And uh, they were making some criticism of their preacher. And, and I found out, uh, asked them, well, what was the real problem? And so the uh, lady spoke up and said, well, the thing about it is they use the same words all the time. And after they had uh, were on their way, I turned to the book of John and began to, of course, in preparation for what I wanted to bring to you this morning. And I discovered, I think, if I did not count wrong, that in one chapter alone that John uses the word light 21 times. It hit me with more force than, uh, than usual about uh, the words that John used. And I think the same criticism that this lovely couple... Well, maybe I'm stressing the word lovely too much. This couple, that in relation to their preacher, they would not have appreciated John at all. Because you know, as you read his letters and his gospel, he uses this word light. He was hooked on the light. He died talking about the light from heaven. In fact, he is the one that tells us again and again about this light and whether or not we have it by the way that we act. Now, the Apostle Paul was on his way at this moment to do violence to the Christians. Paul had a, had a problem. He had a heart that was filled with, uh, with hate and vengeance. And he thought it was his responsibility and duty to go out and these new converts that were following the Lord Jesus Christ, it was his duty and responsibility to kill them. In fact, you remember that he tells us in another place in his testimony that he stood by while one was being stoned to death by the name of Stephen and he held the coats of those people who stoned him to death. Now on the road to Damascus, we know this story so well and so beautiful that we forget the great meaning that is in it. And here he is before King Agrippa giving his testimony after something has happened to him. After this light from heaven has filled his heart and his soul and now he tells the king Agrippa what, to, what really took place. But I want to call your attention to just two or three things as we have time to do it, if we have that much time, about what this light from heaven can do. And you can count on it and you can check your life to see whether or not that you have this light in your life or not. And what amount of it you have. Because this is the way you're going to act. Because the Apostle Paul is saying here that when this light from heaven fell upon him, that it... Uh, uh, that it did something to his heart. It, it cleaned up his heart. It cleaned his heart up. This business of going around hating people and, and uh, being mean to them, uh, something happened to this man on the road there, and this wasn't so anymore. And it just, uh, when he got up from that place, he was a different man. But you know, there was a Christian who lived some dis distance from there uh, by the name of Ananias, and uh, he didn't believe it. He heard about Paul, and he heard he had a conversion, heard that he met the Lord Jesus Christ, but he didn't quite believe it. He didn't want to go and do what the Lord asked him to do in relation to Paul. You know, when Paul was blind, and he sent Ananias over to the street called Straight in order that he might receive his sight again, and Ananias didn't believe it. Well, beloved, I'll tell you, you can believe it when it hits a man's heart and soul 
like it has a possibility of doing. It'll turn you every way but loose, and when you, uh, you know, you come from that thing, you're, you're not the same person. You may look the same, but you're really not the same person. And something has happened to your heart and your soul. Something has taken part to place in here that, that all of that uh, stuff that was hateful and indifferent in here has turned around and, and has changed itself. Not too long ago, I told you part of this story, didn't tell you all of it, some time ago. But this couple was in the office and they too were, were very critical of, of their preacher. And, and the only thing I remember about them saying about him was that, uh, I don't know why they tell me these things, but anyway, they were telling me about their preacher and he happened to be a dear and loving friend of mine. I just love him dearly because he's a man of great compassion, really. But uh, they uh, didn't sit quite that way. And, and so the lady, after they had uh, made their few comments, and I don't know what the criticism was now, but she said, he dyes his hair. Well, it hadn't been but a week or two before that that my wife left some bottles around and made her look pretty good, and I thought I'd try it on me. And, <laughs> of course, it didn't do me much good. But at that time, uh, I was sitting there with some color on my hair, too. <laughs> But the thing that really got me, though, was that there she was with a wig on. <laughs> now, folk, I want to tell you something. I'm not telling that story to talk against wigs. I think anything that makes you look better, you better get it. <laughs> and you better use it if you can. But, you know, we can claim that we know the Lord Jesus Christ. And I suppose in a sense that we, those who make such a claim, do know Him in a fashion. But brother, I wonder if the real light of heaven has fallen on your heart and your soul. I wonder. I wonder. Paul has it right. When he tells old King Agrippa, in effect, he says, I was, I'm not the same man. I had a commission from the highest authority within the church to go and to persecute and to throw them in prison and to beat them and even to kill them if necessary in order that they give up this Lord Jesus Christ. But while I was on my way, O King, on the road, a light from heaven fell upon me and I haven't been the same since that day. Well, that's the way that it is. Paul had met the Lord Jesus Christ. And the light had fallen upon his heart and his soul. And what a, what a change it made. According to the disciple that the Lord Jesus Christ loved, that we know as the beloved disciple, he says to us, the greatest sign, the greatest single sign that the Lord Jesus Christ reigns in your heart and your soul as Lord and Savior is because you love one another. And he is so positive about it that he doesn't mince words about it. He says, if you see that you have the light of the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and soul and life, and you hate your brother, you are a liar, and the truth is not in you. Now, you know, I don't know where he was preaching that day, but that was pretty powerful stuff he was saying. When will we come to a place to see? Now, that when something comes from heaven, like the Lord Jesus Christ, we have the perfect revelation of God's love. And you know when it came to us? It came to us at Christmas time. And John talks about this light. 
What he was really talking about was the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit of Christ that can reign within a heart and soul that transforms that heart and that soul and turns it into a person that is loving. I remember some years ago, <clears throat> much younger preacher than I am now, but I had a lady and her husband was transferred to our church from Mount in the West somewhere. I forgotten the exact city and he was the most loving man that I have ever met in my life and he, he was just just a wonderful fellow but uh, his his wife was something else I, I remember she would come to church and brother Joe she would sit down in front of where I could see her about where you are and and she would be there every Sunday morning and there she was with her husband but she'd always carried with her one of these a secretary notebooks. And the first time I saw her, she opened her bag and she pulled out that uh, notebook and, and she began to write on it. And I said, man, there's a smartest woman in this church this morning because she thinks I'm really saying something wonderful. And she's writing it down so she can review it during the week. Well, Monday morning comes and she calls me on telephone and says, Preacher, i got something for you and I want to talk to you about it. Well, she came over to the church and to the office and she talked to me about it. And she was some kind of grammarian nut. And she had every mistake that I had made. And she had it written into that book. And she brought it over there and she reviewed that thing. And if I had slurred, you know, some name or some word or something, well, she had it written out there in slashes and dashes on it in order that I might be able to pronounce it right the next time. Well, that went on for months. And I said, it came a matter between me and the Lord. I said, Lord, I know that the Apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh. But surely to God, he didn't have anything like that. <laughs> well, now this lady wasn't very vicious about it. She had a twinkle in her eye and she did it gleefully. You know, she just enjoyed doing it. Just, just you know, you couldn't help but love her. And so I prayed about that thing and I prayed about that thing. And one day, she came in and she was a different person. And she was different. And she never took that uh, notebook out of her purse anymore. And she says to me, Preacher, she says, something has happened to me. And I don't know what it is. She says, but oh, glory to God, isn't it wonderful? <laughs> and I said, yes, Lord, it sure is. <laughs> and she said to me, she says, now, Preacher, she says, listen, she says, I've been a pew warmer for a long time. But I'm ready to go to work now. The Lord has done something to my heart and my soul that I never dreamed that could ever possibly happen. He has done it. And I want to do something for him. Well, I kind of figured the Lord had it against me because about a month later, he transferred that couple back out west somewhere. About the time that she was really ready to go to work for the Lord Jesus Christ and do his work. Beloved, when the light of heaven falls across your soul, it's no need for you to walk in the shadows anymore, looking for those things that are mistakes, looking for those things that are bad and dark, but somehow or another, when it really falls across your heart and your soul the way that it ought to, there's no room there for hate anymore, animosity. Beloved, this is Christmas. This is Christmas. If I had anything in my heart and my soul against a brother, whether he be kin to me or whether he be a brother in the Lord Jesus Christ or a sister in the Lord Jesus Christ, a part of the Christian family or part of the church, 
I wouldn't let the sun go down before I cleared it up. Get rid of it. The greatest sign of that I'm a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. I won't let the sun go down on me hating a brother. There's no way. There's no way. As long as God gives me the ability and the capability and the privilege to come to Him and to fall on my knees and to get up from that place and feel like the Apostle Paul. Oh, he's rearranged my life. It's a different situation. Well, I'm going to have to close this thing because our time's up. But it also gives to you your greatest sense of security. Now, beloved, listen to me. It gives to you your greatest sense of security when the light from heaven falls across your soul when the Lord Jesus Christ takes possession of your heart and your soul, He takes possession of your life, and the greatest security that's known to man upon the face of this earth is known here. Listen to what Paul says. Listen to what he says. Listen to what the Scripture is saying here. Sort of cloaked in a little way. But Paul, at this moment, knows that he is in the hands of a living God. Now, it doesn't come out till later. But Paul said, I know and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Now, you know when that happened? It happened there when the light of heaven fell across his life. He says, I, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor powers, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, things in this earth below it or above it, is able to separate me from the love of God. Beloved, when the light of heaven falls across your life in such a way that you come to this type of an understanding... This world has no answer for you. And you won't feel insecure anymore. In the last place, notice this. When the light of heaven fell across this man's, this man's life, he knew that he was an important person. Oh, the pity of Oh, the tragedy of it. That some of us go about this business of living and we have a bit more concept of who we are and what we are than the man in the moon. And some of us have such a concept of ourselves that we could be sold for a dime and get the nine cents change back. You are an important person. When the light of heaven fell across this man's life, it was immediately that he realized that he meant something to God. Now, listen what the Lord says to him. So, Paul, I am going to send you on a mission. I'm going to give you the friends that I want you to have. You know, we, we think sometimes we have a great deal of choice in, in what we do and who comes and walks into our life, and I suppose we do. But have you ever thought about those people around you that you call friends and loved ones that God gave them to you? You might be surprised, dear one, to find you treat them kindly, lovingly. It might be that God gave them to you to make a witness to. Paul says, the Lord said to Paul, I'm going to give them to you for a witness. You're going to witness to them. And then he says, I'm going to save you from them. Well, he had to. He didn't do a very good job as that Lord. Because poor old Paul was beaten and he was stoned and left for dead, shipwrecked and snake bitten. But you know something? The Apostle Paul knew in every bit of it. The Lord didn't say to Paul that he was going to protect him from everything. He said, I'm going to take care of you. 
and the Lord did. Now he had his hardships, he had his difficulties, but oh, what a page in history was written when the light of heaven fell across this man's life. Beloved, you are not saved from, from nothing to nothing. You are saved from something to something else. And we are saved in order that we might be a witness to the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are to make our witness so that these people that we witness to, and I love this, these people that we witness to might be able to take their place in the household of those who believe in God. My God of commission. When the light of heaven falls upon us, things happen and things are expected of us. Beloved, this is Christmas when the light more than any other time of the year is shining within this world. Let us be conscious of it and let us proceed then to be and to do what the great God through Christ has called you and me to be and to do. Oh, our Father, help us that we might be mindful of this moment as to who we are and help us to see as never before with the light of heaven the greatness of the privilege and the opportunity that we have today to work for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.